Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good. Flying Monkeys Wargaming Podcast, where for gaming is easy, it would be your mom. Uh, your main host, Bam, here. And uh, got uh, got one of the OGs, got Neely out of uh, Dusty Moth and brought him out for the podcast. What's happening, Matt? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Excited to be here. And uh, my uh, my spiritual advisor, uh, keep me out of trouble, Mark Newsom. What's happening? Hey, man. Peace. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, Deep from uh, some bunker in Oklahoma, with the uh, is uh, is Scuba Steve Hetmeyer. What's happening, Steve? What's going on? So, uh, man, don't be too excited. Oh, I'm excited. My voice is a little raspy because I'm getting over it. Sound like he's over there, like he's on NPR talking about smooth jazz. (laughs) But uh, we're coming up this weekend. We got a GT locally here. Uh, It's at my shop, Wizards GT. And uh, we're going to talk about the meta, talk about the list a little bit. Before we get into that, though, I'd like to get around and maybe we'll talk a little bit about the balanced data slate, what we think, uh, what we think is uh, is going to wind up uh, the cream rising to the top, as Macho Man used to say, and what we think is going to go from there. Uh, other than that, uh, I've been absent, uh, so I probably need to talk about that a little bit. Some of you guys don't know, may know, may not know. Uh, my brother passed away, and uh, I've been pretty busy handling that, and uh, it's just been quite a bit, so that's why you had not seen an episode in a month. Uh, I apologize for the delay in it. I hope you understand. Uh, it was just a lot to take in, a lot to handle, a lot to deal with, and and I was the one left dealing with it, and he was my baby brother, so no one was really planning for it. So I uh, appreciate those out there that reached out and said hi, and appreciate everybody else that stayed patient with me. Um, we're going to get right back on a regular schedule now, so... But uh, with that being said, Matt, what's happening with monkey planning? What's going on with MonkeyCon? Uh, monkey pl- MonkeyCon, we are definitely ahead of schedule, man. We're super excited for it. Uh, got a ton of sponsors already. Got vendors signed up already. Uh, got a new space. We're going to be at Century 2. Much, much more room. Um, super excited, man. Just a lot a lot of good stuff coming this year. So, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. I think we've got some cool new things that people are going to enjoy. So let's, uh, I want to get, uh, we'll start, we'll start with the engineer in the bunch. Uh, Mark, what are your, what are your big takeaways from the balanced data slate? What do you think is going to shift? Uh, what do you, what do you like? What are you looking at? What do you see? Well, I mean, I like the, of course, the Grey Knight part, you know, that Grey Knight at heart. Enjoy that they, they took a look at the weapons and, and saw something there that uh, needed to be addressed. I kind of hope we start to see this be a trend. You know, it'd be nice to see like hammers start to come back and the Wolfen uh, hammers was a nice uh, deal on it too. So uh, I, I think coming to the top, we're going to start to see Grey Knights come up a little bit more in play, uh, more people playing them and then a uh, custodies again um i don't think custodies were in a terrible spot before but now with their updates i can definitely see them start to appear on tables again and and maybe we'll get some gold boys winning some podiums agreed i think space rings overall i don't think did bad um inceptors i think got the points adjustment they deserved (laughs) so it's even at 130 points i've seen everyone like dropping them and walking away from them but i think at 130 points are still 
they're still worth it. So uh, I'm not sure there's something to be put on the shelf yet. Uh, Steve, is it you got the your Grey Knight player? You got the same takeaway on Grey Knights? You think there's some uh, there's some magic there to be found? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I probably have about 50 games in tenth before I stopped playing them. I just um, I had too many, you know, in a tournament you got to go six or six or more games without having a six inch charge fail on you or it's just a, an army right now that without any kind of dice modification, you know, it can be brutal playing multiple rounds. And the, the tough part for GW right now with them is, you know, once they get the codex and they get like a lethal hits plus reroll ones, or, you know, there's going to be a detachment that has two or three melee modifications and then they're just going to go bananas, right? So they can't buff them too much before that happens or they're, they're pretty much already going to probably be S tier when the codex drops, if points stay the same. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they end up down the road. I mean, some of the, the meta came down and the, their points stayed the same. So, naturally, even without the the Grand, uh, the Dread Knights uh, weapon changes, they should be getting a little bit of more steady play. And then, uh, yeah, the Space Marines, I mean, my, my Vanguard list went up like 230 points, right? Because I had every single unit that got increases. So, they, they specifically targeted like one list in my opinion. Um, but they're kind of starting to be like Eldar, where if something like Inceptors goes to 130, you start looking, okay, well, I can take a whole Predator for 130. So there's so many options, right, in Space Marines. So, uh, and with the, with so many detachment choices, they're, they're sitting pretty. Um, I think that the thing that got hit the hardest is probably undoubtedly Chaos. I think Eldar is still pretty dang good. <laughs> the thing you'll see with Eldar is that the people that have been playing them and have 100-plus games, if they keep playing them, they're going to do well because they have all that experience intent with Eldar. Well, some other people are jumping from list to list to list to list, and they only have you know one or two tournaments with each list. So uh, the people that stick to Eldar, I think, are going to continue to do just fine. Agreed. Matt, what happened with the orcs? Man, they came out unscathed other than a couple points modifications. I think my list, I, I lost 40 points, so I took out a unit of Gretchen. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it really didn't change a whole lot. Uh, they missed some opportunities to to fix a couple things that are oppressive in that in that build right now that has been going around. It's real popular, but overall, I think they're going to stay right where they're at, up towards the top. I'm excited to see how the changes with Death Guard go too, uh, since I am going to be switching to Geth Death Guard later this season. Uh, you know, they 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 got a little bit of a hit to the biologist putrefier for the grenades strat. You can only use one one of them can use it each turn instead of being able to do both. So that kind of, it's a minor hit, but I think overall they're going to be just fine too. I don't think it was anything crazy that bumped out one way or the other. But I'm well, excited. Think, the only good unit in that, that list. There's a lot of other good stuff in that. Right. In that. Oh, yeah. And and then the, the Rhino change, right? Or the strat where uh, instead of needing to be within 12 to hit Nurgle, uh, you know, the whole, the whole change they did because people were taking uh, like... Berserkers or world leaders inside a Nurgle Rhino and then making it untargetable outside of 12, being changed to 18. I mean, that's kind of a... Right. Could hurt them a little bit, but I, I think there's... If you're playing pure Death Guard, you can stick on objectives either way. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's going to affect the pure Death Guard list. It'll definitely affect the Chaos list, but I don't think, I don't think it hurts Death Guard as much. Uh, from what I've seen, most of the Death Guard Rhinos are being used as the disembark three inch extra movement on to get your plague marines to the middle of the board anyway so yeah. you know it's it's really just sit in there and then get out three inches for free <laughs> i know chaos really took it in the shorts but i i do think the the making the mat the marks match 
is a good move. I, you know, I, I just think that's, that's the way they should be doing that. I, I, and, you know, plus, and not that we're big fluffy lore players. We're sitting here talking about, com- you know, competition play, but, you know, throwing something with the, the Marcus Lanish inside of something, you know, having the Mark Nurgle or whatever, just, it just feels dirty, but it's, it's, uh, well, yeah, it makes you wonder when they're going to address it with space brain attachments, right? Cause like you can take a librarian inside Black Templars, for example, or all sorts of other things, um, yeah. to get around specific. I mean, maybe a better example, because that's not really that. I mean, you don't see a whole lot of librarians at top tables in big events, but like... Well, Space Spaceballs finally have access to pop carries, and they aren't worth a shit anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess a better example is if you're running an Iron Storm, you could run six Gladiator Lancers, or etc., because the other detachments outside of the Black Templar one aren't limiting you to only the named Black Templar vehicles. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see if they actually address the, the Space Marine attachments in the same manner. The we'll, demon see, we'll see as the books come. Yeah, that that what they did with the demonic pack thing. I, I kind of I'm kind of liking that sort of direction where they pull the battle lines in when you're bringing an ally. I'm wondering if we're going to see some of that more often. Like even with like Imperial agents, I know a lot of the the more troop types are are, are favorable right now, but it, it'd be kind of neat to see some more of this battle line type manipulation work for these uh, you know, cooperative. Uh, factions yeah well you know i do think one thing they did do really well with 10th edition and even from the start you know is i do think that the allies have not been really out of control you know as previously there were some builds that were always you know mad stupid because someone would have some kind of weird detachment and you know they'd break the rules with that detachment in the army that they're in and just you know I don't know. It just made for some what I felt like was some bad play, but I, I do think I do like the ally system now. And if they continue to tweak it, I think it's just going to get better and better. So I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, I, th- I think the, I agree with you for the most part. The only thing I think that I dislike about the allies is that it seems like chaos knights are popping up in every chaos list. The little war dogs are everywhere because they're so good right now. But other than that, you know, they are very point sufficient. You know, and and. We're- Again, where it's like they have to keep knights at a point level to where they can be played, but it's kind of hard. They they really don't belong in an infantry game, but you know, here we are. Well, beyond like the data slate, I, I, even the FAQ or the rules clarifications and commentary changes they did, you know, partnered with it, kind of messed uh, messed with the meta some too. With like, for example, grandmasters and and things that ignore modifiers, you know, start to become really good again now with those ways that they change the rules on on how modifiers and ignoring modifiers play. So I'm I'm hoping to see some units that we haven't seen for a while kind of hit to the top. Yeah. Yeah, I would actually think that that was one of the bigger buffs Grey Knights got is just the fact that you know a grandmaster is going to provide that. I mean, I, for me, it was always if, if the tournament was playing the WTC rule pack that agreed with the rule set, I was bringing the Grandmaster, and if not, I wasn't. It was just so clear-cut. But the whole meta is, you know, armor contempt, minus one damage, half damage, like survivability to the max, and, and you can just ignore everything. Dance. Just, yeah. <laughs> which, which somehow miraculously got zero, zero touching, so... Ugh. I, I, I'm surprised that Necron's got away unscathed. So, 
It's uh, yeah, they they need to get slapped. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird, but I think they're beatable. I don't think they're. I don't think they're Eldar launch of tenth level of bad, but I but I think there's some bad game yeah. design in that book. You and I, Bam, have talked in depth about that too with the Satans. Like the things that really realistically they shouldn't have all four possible outcomes to ignore and you know to to, to survive. Get rid of one or neuter two of them is what needs to happen. Like you know they they're so oppressively survivable right now. It's ridiculous. And they still benefit from the hyper phase, right? The the Setons, or did they end up giving a ruling on that part where they can jump them around a little bit from? I believe they can. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I believe they still are affected in hyperphase to be able to jump. Yeah, I know the transensits yeah. can still do it if they had, you know, advanced, but I wasn't sure about the, yeah, like the I, Nightbringer sure and the Void Dragon. Hyperphase. Yeah. I, I mean, are you guys seeing the same thing where it's like Void Dragons and Nightbringers first, and then after that, then you start to see the Transcendents pop in? Usually yeah. like three and a Silent King or four if you're not running a Silent King kind of thing. Yeah. I probably I hadn't seen Silent King as much as I thought I would, but yeah. he's kind of been really tilled down this, this edition. So I've seen I've seen more lists not including him, but including more Satanians. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that ignoring <laughs> modifier... He gets better too because now he can ignore his own tearing, his minus to hit when he tears himself, um, because he had one of his um, powers he can take it gives an aura of ignore modifiers. So then, yeah, if he's down to seven wounds or six wounds or five wounds, he doesn't really care anymore. He still fights at optimal. Huh. Well, like 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 Necrons needed that, but whatever. So <laughs> it's. Oh, that's good. Well, uh, yeah, that might just become. Sorry, <laughs> that might just become one of those things that if if everything else gets nerves, you might see the Silent King more. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like the Necron range. I like seeing Necrons be good. I just don't like seeing Necrons be, you know, crazy. And uh, I think they just well, nobody. Yeah, nobody likes when the meta jumps and everyone follows it, and then the next tournament you go to, like every. Every other match is just the same cookie cutter list, right? Yeah. Oh, well, and there's still a lot of tens. <laughs> the thing I've been telling myself too is like, out of the, you know, the couple dozens worth of factions, you know, we're this far into the edition, and we've really only got a handful of books, so that you know the picture is going to change drastically as codexes come out. We just, you know, we just, I'm surprised that the codexes are going at this snail's pace. You know, they plan on just keeping this edition forever because if they do the whole three year rotation like they normally do, you know, we're not even going to get halfway through the books at this rate. It's, it's, you know, it's like, oh, cool. You might see your book in 11th edition if this is, this yeah. I wonder if some of that has to do with their manufacturing uh, problems they're having. I mean, if they know they can't get the model ranges out to go with the books, then. They probably had to slow it down. So, yeah, that'd be a good move, though. You know, everybody gets that book. They get the they want to get the models and uh, to drop the book, but have everything sold out. You know, is kind of a dumb shit move. So, it's a uh, well, they keep start or they keep wrapping things up in these big um, collectors boxes like Dark Angels and so forth. You know, <laughs> they'd be able to yeah. recoup quite a big quite a bit of costs with those. Well, I think I think they have a habit of hoarding some models to set up their you know holiday boxes or their whatever boxes sometimes too. 
And uh, that's why you can't get a hold of shit. So, but well, let's quit beating on the data slate. Um, overall, I think I'm pretty happy with it. You know, I, I do like the idea that some army is going to be back. Um, I say that now, but I haven't had to deal with our our potential Drukari overlords. So we'll see. We'll see if my opinion stays the same after playing somebody like Root that comes out of retirement throwing Drukari on the table. So. Uh, let's, uh, let's get into lists for Wizards GT. And uh, have you guys had a chance to look at them all today or I figure Mark already has a spreadsheet and <laughs> I've looked at a handful of them. I haven't looked at all of them though. Yeah. I think yeah, I've glanced at just about everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Any, about uh, everyone too. Let's look at, I do want to, there's a couple names I want to look at. As far as guys I think are good players, they're going to be there. Um, One of the things that, that stands out to me is just like, even a couple years ago, you'd go to even like a 32-player tournament, and maybe 10 of the lists are just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. But anymore, it's like every list you go through is like, yeah, I could lose to that. Yeah, yeah, I could see what they're like. It's like every single, like we've gotten to the point where like well, there's just information flow or whatever, like, Everyone's at least bringing something that they're trying to win with, right? Like it's not like this was these are the models I could afford, and this is what I put together, and I got a bunch of brains on bikes, and here's my first tournament. This this seems like a pretty lethal 32 man event. This was my Good. generic thought. Well, I think we're gonna wind up with uh, 36, but we'll see. It's a. Uh... We'll start with Kyle Lampres. Kyle's oh, Dark Angels, running. right? Yeah, he's got Dark Angels list. And that's what I was interested in because I used to storm. Um, Kyle's been on an Iron Storm since I think, god dang, show me. I think he pretty much lost with it. Uh, he's from Warhammer Anonymous up in Kansas City. Uh, he's got Azrael, who's good. Tech Marine with uh, Adept of the MSI. <clears throat> Tech Marine with Master Machine War. Tech Marine with Target. Augury Web. That's pretty much the the gambit of the enhancements for that that attachment. Um, assault Intercessor Squad, Intercessor Squad. I was looking at Intercessor Squads the other day, and uh, I was I'm gonna try. I was thinking about trying to find a way to make them work because I do like that they have walk off objectives. That that's just on our data sheet. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Assault Intercessor Squad. Yeah. Assault Intercessor is really good too. Um, see, Ballista's Dreadnought. Ballista's Dreadnought. Uh, Gladiator Lancer. Gladiator Lancer. Speaking of the Data Slate, that's one I, I think slipped through the cracks a little bit. But um, yeah. Inceptor Squad, 130. Land Raider Redeemer. Uh, Land Raider Redeemer seems to be many people's MVP of this edition. Redemptor Dreadnought. Redemptor Dreadnought. I was surprised to see the points go up for Redemptor Dreadnoughts. I did not think they were that good. They're kind of swinging and inconsistent, but Games Workshop seems to think they're good. <laughs> I like his list. It's not really far off from whatever else he's been playing. Um, it's good. He's done well with it. I think he's won an event or two. Uh, and he just played it last weekend at the Geekery. He took sixth, if I remember right. Uh, with it so he's got a chance to kind of play it in at least three rounds and prep for this i believe it's almost identical list to what he had there it's a good list it's a lot. let's yeah. 
The interesting thing to me about it is, like, usually when you see these iron storms, you're seeing around 10 to 12 vehicles, and he's got seven. He's, he's kind of putting his preference into more elite vehicles. And then a lot of characters, in my opinion, for an iron storm with, with three tech marines in Azrael. Well, and then you usually you get the, a... the fall back and shoot. No. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's more of a hybrid iron storm, I guess, is all you know, kind of pointing out. And it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it does with the with the train layout we've got going because there's not, you know, there's there's opportunities for opponents to really dodge some of that shooting. Agreed. On that land raider, that land raider might uh, only have two, maybe three paths uh, around the table. With the GW layouts, there's there's just a couple. There's only a couple avenues you can even drive that thing. Yeah, that's a good point. So we made it pretty clear it was GW layouts. So maybe maybe he's got some secret kung fu we don't know about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what been. I mean, I'm running one, a Redeemer, and that's been kind of one of my worries. I'll just have to see how it, <laughs> what the exact measurements are when we get there, you know. Yeah. Hopefully some Let's stuff's go. only two inches tall or less, and we can just go right through it. Some of those ruins on the... We got, we're got we using some of the train for Monkey this year. Um, Matt managed to, to broker a deal to get us a whole bunch of GW layouts at a reasonable price out of MDF. So um, a company called Death Ray Designs... Uh, makes it and there's a lot of those buildings that uh the big sized ruins one half of them do have small walls that are like two inches or under and uh, they still have you know the footprint mm -hmm. but uh they're pretty well designed i think they're made to where you know you can move up into them with things like dreadnoughts and be wholly within the terrain you know to see out and shoot and then there's some small corners that you can move across you know because the walls are under two inches uh but i i really I'm a fan of the train. I like it. Yeah, it's good looking stuff. I've, I've been really pleased with it. Uh, I still got a lot of spray paint on it to do this week, so hopefully <laughs> I can get it done by the weekend, but we'll see. So. That's one of the changes I have enjoyed about the, the 10th edition train is that like it can function in two ways, right? Like You can stay behind it and it completely blocks on a site, but you can also function to go through it based on like two inches or less. Or, I mean, it's very multifunctional and not just like, oh, a wall, and that's a wall, you know. Um, yeah. Let's go to. I want to look at Colin K's list. He's playing Adeptus Sortas. I think Mark's going to be the resident kind of sister expert right now. I don't know what any of this shit does. So. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's got the the triumph in there, kind of forming the base of everything and more uh more involved you know, she i believe also is going to be going with some paragons yeah there's a paragon unit down in there um the triumph got a little little nerf there uh with how it uses miracle dice but it's still pretty so it's, pretty dang so good it's still just a unit's gonna be able to get like up to two a turn now right yeah yeah but that even in combat, that thing's still pretty good. It throws out like 16 or 18 attacks just itself with power weapons. So, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible without the Miracle Dice buff, but the Miracle Dice kind of made it broken good the way it was done. Um, he does have a, a Melta, multi, multi Melta and Melta Gun batter, Battle Sister Squad that he'll probably put with it uh, to kind of give it some extra ablative wounds. 
so that'll take care of some of those miracle dice. And if he hugs it close to the exorcists or even the paragons, he can kind of give them that six when they need it. The rest of it's yeah. just kind of your normal arcoflagellants and uh, crusaders to go do actions with a couple death cult assassins in there. Yeah, three, Not a bad three exorcists. So, yeah, I do like it. Threw a Caldus in there for good measure. It does look like a fun list, though. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of small units for scoring. He's, there's a lot going on there. I think it could do really well. He's got it's six cool. characters, including the Caldus, so we'll have to watch out uh, for assassinate. But typically, sisters can kind of hide those better. Right. Yeah. Well, and even like that Palatine. Yeah, that Palatine can hit pretty hard, and then uh, she could stand back up with wounds too, if I remember right, with the Strat. So, kind of get dual use out of her. Smash once, pop back up, smash again. Any other uh, any lists you guys want to look at, or you saw you thought were noteworthy? Let's look at Tim Royer's Death Guard list. If you guys did not know, Tim Royer drives a Tesla. Well, there's rhinos in this one, so maybe they're they're EV rhinos. <laughs> do you yeah. see the first line in his list? It says, Bam wishes he had my Tesla. That's funny. <laughs> so, all right. So he's got the biologist putrefire, a couple of them. Yep. A couple foul blight spawns. Uh, Lord of Virulence. Matt, I'll let you do this one. You're more the Death Guard guy lately. Yeah, he's he's got he's got very similar to what I would what I'm gonna be doing with mine. He's got the two big plague marine units that are gonna have a biologist and a foul blight spawn in each. They become lethal on fives and they get, you know, free grenade strats and they fight first. Those are just units are gonna be problems in the middle of the board. That's that's where they go and they sit there. Uh, the Lord Virulence, uh, he's going to be with the Death Shroud more than likely, and he is going to enhance those Plague Burst Crawlers because he basically lets them ignore the uh, indirect fire stuff if he has line of sight on their target. So it's pretty good combination there. Uh, three Rhinos just to get those Plague Marines across. Uh, let's see here. What else? And then he's got the one unit Nerglings and, as we said earlier, the War Dogs. So... You know, it's it's a pretty rounded list. It's uh, I I don't use the war dogs, but it's other than that and swapping a couple things. This is the list I would run. This is uh, pretty pretty solid. It's it's going to be tough to move off the middle of the board. It's like eight vehicles, man. Wow. <laughs> and it's and it's death guard, so you could you can get you some yeah some debuffs thrown on you pretty well too. So oh yeah, it's uh. Well, it, it looks think, like this list is really just get to the middle objectives and don't fucking move. That's that's what it looks like to me. Like, you know, uh, the, the the war dogs are going to sit back, hold his home field, and blast across. Well, actually, are these the... No, these are the ones that got to scoot up. So they're going to be in the middle. Everything's just going to be in the middle from what it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the, if I want to draw them for sites of power on round three. Yeah, that would <laughs> yeah. not be good. <laughs> oh... That's yeah, I dig it. It's a good list. And he's doing uh he sent me some stuff for uh for approval, but he's trying to do a a horse heresy themed death guard. So he's using oh, nice. the old horse heresy models for it. So that's cool. I hope it uh I hope it all turns out pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah. Well, Let's that's one of the things I like about yours was you're you're open to 
kind of seeing different conversions or different models out there and the like they're in the range i mean i got an entirely different looking custodies army and it's nice to have events that you know, allow you to get that hobby aspect out of you you know try something new make it look kind of neat so I'm a down for about anything other than dudes that try to do the like, here's my My Little Pony army. You can fuck right off. So <laughs> it's like, but, <laughs> man, on the other that's Monkey Con. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. Just don't even put that evil on. Red card. Get out. So let's look at, uh, let's look at, uh, Matt Neely's list. Let's oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's not any good. Don't look at it. How's it changed since Data Slate? Less trucks? No. Data Slate, I dropped a unit of Gretchen. That's it. That was it? Yep. Beast Boss? Yep. Uh, Snickerot? Yep. Bad Ruck? Mazrog? Fuck that motherfucker. War Boss? War Boss? <laughs> Beast Snagger Boys? It's, have you always ran a squad of 10 of those? Beast Snaggers? Yeah. Yeah, they have to be. They, they come in 10 or 20. That's Those are just the regular base troops. Uh, truck, 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 truck. Flash kits are new, though. I don't think I've played you with flash kits. Flash kits. Uh, I hadn't been playing them for a while, and I regret my decisions up until playing them because they were fucking amazing. And I won't take a list until they get nerfed. <laughs> I won't take. A I heard. List. I heard you and Dan talking about them at Fleas. Is that what kind of prompted you to go that direction? Yeah, when I talked to him at Fleas, because I didn't have them, but uh, Nathan Blankenship, who's also in this field, did, and his were amazing and i i didn't have the model so i've been borrowing to get them together but they're in there and uh they are worth it they have been very very good for me <laughs> nice but uh commandos then the met gun's fun it's a little addition just so i have a little bit more shooting with the flash gets uh the knobs i've been on the knob train since ninth <laughs> you know i've been running the big knob blobs and then uh couple storm boy units for action whores and it's it's pretty solid i've i've had a lot of success with this list and uh i'm hoping to continue that but we'll see necron overlords kicked my ass the last event i went to so we'll see <laughs> nice let's see any other list you guys see or want to go through look at i'll let someone else pick one i've been picking all these how about cam hawkins he's got all a right. templars list looks decent all right lead the way well, he's got the uh, biologists and Helbrecht in there. He's got a lieutenant and the Emperor's Champion. That Emperor Champion a little different from what I normally see. But he's got the aggressors, uh, got the eradicators in there. Oh, there's a, a valiant, gladiator valiant. Um, got two redeemers and then sword brethren, uh, as well as a couple action monkey, inquisitor henchmen, and a Calidus in there. Uh, so. It looks like that could hit pretty good with the aggressors and the biologists together and then throw Helbrick with those sword brethren with that lieutenant. Oh my goodness, that's gonna that's gonna smack yeah, pretty so, hard. So this is the kind of the new flavor of, of uh Black Templars Gladius that I've seen been popping up. Um because with Gladius you you're gonna wanna run biologists and the aggressors pretty much no matter what. It's just too efficient with the bolter discipline relic. And you want that to be in a redeemer. And then the nasty thing is that you take the second Redeemer, uh, which holds 14, so you can actually put two separate five-man Sword Brethren squads in there, one of them having Hellbrick in Lieutenant to make use of the five-plus crits on hits, and then he's got the Emperor's Champion with the other five-man squad. So 
that one redeemer with two squads in it is going to be just a <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun for whoever they're going after. Um, so you basically have two insane Death Stars, both in Redeemers, and you just go where you please with, the, with a list like this. And Cam is a good player, so good luck. It's a, let's see. Let's look at uh, let's look at Steve's uh, Black Templars list. Do you want to give up the tech, or you you want to talk about it, or you want you want to wait? Yeah, sorry, I was trying to. No, I'm good. You want me to send you it first, or no? I got it. I got pulled up. I could, oh, my okay. phone wasn't working earlier. Yeah, so I'm going for more of an MSU scoring um, type of list uh, where I'm trying to win the trade efficiency essentially. So I'm I'm running the one redeemer inside Gladius uh, with the biologists and the aggressors, and in a lot of my games, what I've done is I mean that just gets shoved straight down the middle of the board first. Advance and shoot something, and then when that th same thing moves, it overwatches it, and it usually dies. And I don't get out. I make you kill it. Um, and then the aggressors usually pop out somewhere safe, and then the next turn I just full send all the sword brethren. But yeah, I've got uh, five impulsors. Um, so I'm doing the impulsor <laughs> spam with a sword brethren squad in each. Uh, I did test Hellbrick the improved cost, but I think that if you're gonna take Hellbrick outside of Black Templar's attachment, you have to have a lieutenant in there to take to take full advantage of the the critical hits on fives and sixes. And to do that, you kind of need a second redeemer uh, or just run one and not the aggressors, which I didn't want to take the aggressors out. I think they tech too good into stuff like Satans because if you're only doing damage one anyways. And you can just spam about 40 wounds. I mean, that, to me, that's one of the better ways to, to get around the whole half damage, minus one damage. Um, and yeah, then I've got the Judy. Keep your backfield safe. <clears throat> yeah, I, I just cannot take a Marine list. After playing Grey Knights for about 50 games, and two of my only four losses were against Infiltrators, I'm just like, how can I not take something that against certain armies uh, can just almost guarantee you a win in some cases? Um Especially there's just so much out there now that can deep strike within three, and people are counting on that to do things like uh, um, take your home obje objective, etc. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm essentially just trying to have more units than my opponent. And uh, if, you know, if I'm putting stuff on no man's lands objectives, and you have to commit something to come remove it, then uh, then I'm removing your lethal unit that comes and removes mine, and I'm just going to do that more efficiently than you, and then just hopefully win the long game doing that. And it's worked pretty well in test games. Um, like I said, those assault intercessors are surprisingly good, especially at removing kind of chaff units, um, sixteen power swords, or, uh, sixteen chain swords, rerolling wounds on objectives, and then you got the, thun the thunder hammer in there. I took the thunder hammer over the thunder fist, just a rule of cool. Uh, I had to do something kind of flavorful and. Um, the five Black Templar Impulsors have a surprising amount of firepower uh, with the multi-melters and the, the missile ray on them. So, um, but other than that, I guess yeah, you don't usually think of Impulsors as shooting units, but yeah, here we are. Yeah, when you think about it compared to like a Predator, I mean, yeah, you're not wounding as efficiently, but against some things like other Rhinos, etc., uh, the weight of dice for 85 points just, just comes into play. You're going to pass some wounds through eventually. Reminds me of the old days of Razorback spam. Yeah. I was just having PTSD of that, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I, I tried running it with the Crusader squads and the Rhinos, but what I, what I kept running into was 
The Rhino, other than just sitting there holding an objective, became utterly useless once the Crusader squad got out. And then the Crusader squad, I kept getting split in decisions like, well, do I want them to just stand still and shoot? Do I want them to actually just go sacrifice themselves on an objective? Blah, blah, blah. Keeping the impulsors makes the gun stay on the vehicle, so they're always shooting no matter what while sitting on an objective. And then I'm more free to just sacrifice the assault intercessor squads into whatever they need to go hit. I'm not worried about losing four melted shots by sending them in. As you would with the Crusader squad, having the pistol, the gun, and the multi-melter. I like it. I hope it works for you. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Mark, let's hear about your custodies list. What's your what's your game plan? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, it's just flood a lot of bodies and then have the Caladius tanks do kind of the, the heavy lifting for, for anti-tank. Those things are pretty effective at at an anti-tank, the four shots from their big gun, um, they, they, uh, together they can drop a big knight pretty reliably every turn. But now the idea is just continue to have bodies to feed in. There's, there's four units of guardians in there. Uh, one of them will have a Trajan, uh, for that ignore modifiers. And then that super Saiyan once a, once a game, I do like, uh, Venatari, especially spear Venatari, the rapid ingress being free, uh, with a couple of them helps quite a bit, and they can help do those actions that the custodians kind of don't have so has have as many troops to go kind of run around and do them with. I like them a little bit more than Alaris um, for that that way. And then they have Lance when they hit, so they smack pretty hard. Uh, if you do need to go into a vehicle one turn and turn, and you need your nightmare, you know, Slayer nightmares on a on a Guardian unit um, instead. So uh, it kind of gives you. A little bit more punch when you need to bring down that redeemer or you need to bring down that big old lancer knight um, along those lines and make it die so yeah this is it's pretty cool and those are gonna be the term this weekend marks it's all custom so he uh he made a whole bunch of a uh, i don't know it's basically like a, a thought army it's all it's all it's all big big bootied hose. So oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, Odin's it's Odin's uh, clan of uh, ladies there. All Odin's ball Odin's, Yeah. Yeah. It looks it looks pretty cool. I dig it. I didn't say it. Was your Caladius? What was your Caladius? Was that a was that a chick too? Uh no, act for that it is a chick, but I went with War Games exclusive uh version okay. there. You know, so she's she's a little less uh Less armored. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh boy. Let's see if there's any other list I'm gonna go through here real quick. We know Dom's gonna wind up two and three, so we're not gonna worry about him. You gotta you gotta pull up uh Steve Goodrich's orcs list just because he oh, Mazrock. It, it looks <laughs> nasty. Uh yeah, that was one that I was like, I just the way the terrain is the first few games, I don't, I do not want to play into that. It it looks brutal. Tell me about it. Tell me what you think. So he's got two beast boss, uh, the the foot versions. He's got two beast boss on Squigasaurs. One of them was he with Headwapa Skillchoppa, and he's got Mazrog. So he's got three big Squigasaur characters running around that are four up, four up, or four up, five up, and then uh, he's got two knobs on Smash of Squigs. Uh, one with Follow Me Lads. Uh, so he gets extra extra to his move and charge, um, and then he's he's got the Zadrog Wartsnaga with with twenty Gretchen bomb that he's got going on. <laughs> it's kind of fun. 
Uh, two squads of beast snaggas to have those war bosses with them. Those are going to be deceptively good because they're uh, the beast bosses are uh, devastating wounds when they charge. So that kind of sneaks up on people. That's I, for some reason I've always had success with my beast boss, and people overlook it. Um, he's got three trucks. Oh, he did. He did miss the uh, the wrecking ball though. So I didn't see those on the list. But then he's got uh, the twenty man squad of Gretchen, a ten man squad of Gretchen. A six-man squad of Squig Hog Riders, a three-man squad of Squig Hog Riders, and then two Storm Boy units. So he's he's just all full send right down your throat. Like it's it is very yeah. fast and it's very strong. <laughs> it's to me, it's like one of those lists that like if it hits and connects, which when you're playing the mission layout one where there's so much center blocking terrain, it's easy for you to do. It's going to be hard to like. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be easy for him to just sell on objectives afterwards, where you try to dig your way out of it. But if you can play him on like mission five, where it's hammer, you know, it's it's Dawn of War spread out, and he because he only has a, you know, he's got eight characters. So if you actually can, you know, mitigate it early, he's gonna have a harder time coming. So back the in. one but, the one thing I'll say to that though is the layout may actually work against him too because everything's either cavalry or a monster so he's not going to be able to go through some of the tight quarters as far as getting into the buildings into the center so he, you yeah, know which direction he's going to have to go around those buildings to get to you so it's it's kind of like it's a double-edged sword yeah. with that's that's why i like the knobs so much is they can just go right through the fucking walls <laughs> but but even then i mean if at the end of the day like you have to get on the objectives right so if he can just push right. out like a truck on each objective and you have to come after it with something and then everything else is just sitting there that's kind of the whole the whole yeah. trade game, right? Tenth is really in my, as I see it keep playing out. It's like it's just a trade efficiency game on these middle objectives until fa someone finally just overwhelms you and then. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I agree with that. But it, it looks like a fun list to play. <laughs> yeah, it looks like definitely a gonna lot piss of some fun. people off. That's for sure. I don't, I don't remember the last time I've seen eight characters without having like imperial agents or something else added in, and yeah. just eight straight up characters in a list. I'll be curious yeah. how many times people just take assassinate against him, because those are also yeah. characters that that you pretty much have to get into the fight. Like you're not trying to hide right. them and save them. You know, it, it it that might be a trap though, because three of them, like I said, they got they're they're yeah. tough as shit to kill. Those squigasaurs, they're all T10, nine wounds. You know, four of them, five of them. I'd rather hit that than a Satan though. All day. Fair, yeah. They, they don't have all the they don't have all the bells and whistles. Satan, <laughs> dude, that's bull still bullshit. But yeah, this is. This is a this is a list that looks a, like a lot of fun and it, it can ruin a lot of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A list like mine, I'm five impulsors. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Good. It's. Uh, I think the meta's gonna be a lot. You know, the thing I like is, I don't think you know even even with Necrons being what Necrons are right now, there's not a ton of Necrons there. You know, there's not a whole yeah. bunch of any one thing. It's just. There's a good mix. I think a lot of stuff has a chance to get to the top. And so I'm kind of excited to see how it's going to play out. I, I just I just really... I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend. Yeah, the thing that gives me hope about the two Necron lists that I did see is... You know, one has three Satans and the King, but then has three Doomsday Arcs. So it's like... The three Satans go forward in the middle of the board, but then everything else is shooting and stuck behind. So you kind of split there on your what you're doing, and then I think the other one um, was a little more well-rounded. But 
I'm okay with that, right? Like if you can only th send three satans forward and I don't really have to worry as much about everything else because it could be blocked off from minus sight, it's a little more manageable. Agreed. I I don't know, man. I like the GW train. And, you know, I feel a lot of people complain about it, but it's designed not to give you, like, shooting lanes all the way across the board to make yeah. you come out and play the game. Well, my and... favorite thing about it is... You know when you're playing round one, every other person at the event is in the same situation you are. You know, it wasn't like you got stuck playing on a, a train set piece of terrain with magic boxes all over, and then the guy next to you has perfect terrain, and you're like, well, it's just luck of the draw. I, I like how it, the templates and everything, it's just it's more fair. Um, I agree. Yep. And and you you know you're you're playing the same mission. Everything is exactly the same as everyone else. So that I think that that we needed that for a long time in the tournament scene. Yeah. Well, and how many GCs have you went to to where, you know, you saw that one table and you're like, God, I hope I don't get on that table. And then sure <laughs> shit, guess where you got put. You know, and, oh, it happened. You end up... It happened earlier this year, but thankfully I was playing Tyranids against it, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well this works for me." It wasn't. I was like, "If I play Knights on this table, I'm just, I'm done." Yeah, yeah. and well, and it, it's you know I've had the last RTT I was at. You know, there's one table at the place that's kind of anemic as far as you know line of sight blocking stuff across the board and. I've wound up on it both times where my opponent basically could sit back in a deployment zone on Dawn of War and just smoke all my shit off the board. And, you know, it's just not a fun way to play. Yeah. And and then you see it, you look across, you see some dude, you know, sitting fat in terrain. And, <laughs> and uh, I think actually Mark and I were both at that same last RGT. And I remember yelling something about, you know, the table that Mark's on because Mark had like every piece of terrain within, you know, three miles on his table. And, well, we just you know, stole had, yours. Yeah, and I barely <laughs> yeah, had like we three were... half walls in the center of the board. Uh, it was like, oh, this was fun. Well, so. and I think that's why player place train came about, right? Was to try to say like, well, hey, at least you place it. Like, But I think that that just shifts. I mean, a player place train event is an entirely different meta almost than like a GW train event because you can plan your list so much differently. To me, yeah, you can a take school. a lot more... Yeah, you can take a lot more fixed objectives knowing you can just put a big old ruins where an objective in no man's land is going to be and you're going to be able to sit there every turn and cleanse unless someone comes and digs you out. Where GW, you, GW train, if you look at it, a lot of the objectives aren't where the train's at. Yeah, it's yeah. player placed as a skill multiplier and you, you just end up with like a win more in so many games if you got somebody who's really nailed down on how to do player place train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the people you'll see at the top placings in a player place train event design their lists around being able to place the train. Agreed. Well, you guys want to do some Lord Marshall rankings and then a GTFO. So let's go see. We've actually had some mix-ups towards the top. I think Mark jumped a little bit too. Oh, Lordy. Come on, computer. There we go. I'm dealing with new tech, guys, so you gotta, you gotta be patient. All right, so the 2024 Lord Marshall ranking. So let's look at the 
top teams. I'm not sure the teams are fixed, but we're gonna we're gonna read them anyways. And uh, fifth place for the team rankings is the Gateway Gamers. Uh, fourth place for the uh, Rolling Sixes. Third place, middle of the pack, Flying Monkeys. Uh, second place is the Hogs of War being displaced by Ballers on a Budget. Man, check that out. So uh, I'm not sure if they're fixed yet. Uh, holler at Jason Horn. I don't touch any of that stuff. So let's go over to the individual rankings. Uh, number 10 is uh, David Clark. Uh, Matt Neely. Actually, Matt, you get a score this weekend. That might even bump you up because a lot of people are 6-6 six to six and you're 5-6. of six. So, Yep, that's, uh, that's the idea. If I can do well enough, I can jump pretty high up there. Yeah, Matt's sitting in ninth place right now. Uh, Kyle, I love Jack Harpster McCord, is sitting at number 8. Uh, Mark Newson at number 7. Um, ooh, one point behind me at number six. So, Mark, you might get a chance to jump me this morning, this weekend, if you can get a displace a score. So, yeah, I'm the peaker right over your shoulder. Yeah. So, number five is a uh, Chris Schmidt. Uh, number four is Nicholas Rupel. Number three is Brent Simon. Uh, number two is Peyton Priest, and uh, Chris Green has once again snagged the top spot. I think Peyton was up top before the weekend, so. Chris must have uh, hit an event and jumped him. So, uh, congratulations, Chris, for sitting on top. Uh, he's he's got a pretty solid lead right now. So, some of, some other people have to get some pretty good scores to get up there with him. So, that is our current rankings for the Lord Marshall Conference. If you're interested in Lord Marshall Conference, go to lordmarshall.org, and uh, everything's on there about how to be a TO. Uh, if you got any questions, you can't get it figured out. Holler at me or holler at Jason Horn. We'll get you settled. So. Um, Scott Satcher's not here tonight. Uh, I went the monkey crew because it's going to be a local GT. I'm also going to have Matt on more and more because, uh, Matt's, Matt's finally at a point in his life where it's settled down. He can come back and podcast some and, uh, appreciate having him back tonight. Uh, Steve, I know you got kids and a wife in the, in the hidden bunker, but I appreciate you taking time out tonight. And, uh, Mark as always is a pleasure. Appreciate you guys all being here. So, Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Tell, tell your people you love them and uh, get tickets to Flying Monkey Con, uh, flymonkey.org, or fly. God dang, I can't talk tonight. Flymonkeycon.com. And there uh, it is. Yeah. And uh, Mark, you're full on double decker, but was there a wait list for There it is. Yeah, we're about four down in the wait list right now and got about another five or six on it beyond there. So if you want to be on the wait list, uh, get a hold of me and I'll, I'll add you to it. Man, double decker is going to be a fun time. So excited for that that's one. where I'm hoping to get a good space wolf score and, and call it a season with the space wolves. So, yeah. but uh, all right, guys, we'll be back. Uh, I am also recording with Scary this week. He's going to talk about Jukari and Jukari in the meta. Uh, so look forward to that episode. I might throw it up on Patreon first and then release it next week. Uh, but uh, that's all I got, guys. Uh, thanks for recording. And remember, for gaming was easy, it would be your mom. Hi, Patty. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs>